welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am completely turgid, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo! When's it out loud, baby? November 3rd, 2021. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the sports media company board here in New York and the longest of islands. It's time to bring in your favorite honcho of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny for the great state of Maryland. How are you, sir? Greetings and salutations, everybody. I will tell you how I am. And you probably are the same way, living in the Isle of Long. I am relieved today that I don't have to watch any more ads for the governor's race in Virginia. I'm sure didn't it wasn't there a governor's race in Jersey or some big election in New Jersey yeah, that Jersey, yeah, yeah, came down to the wire. Yeah. Jersey. So the Republican one Virginia here. Virginia was very, a bloodbath. Yeah, it was a very hotly contested election. Very red down there. Well, it's supposed to be very blue, but now it's becoming very red. And it was just one ad after another. It was just it was nauseating. I wanted there to be a tie. That's what I was rooting for. But for so those are over. Thank goodness, we I get my TV back at least for a few months until the 2022 elections. So I assume you had was it just nonstop negative ads in Jersey? Well, I'm well not, I mean, it, I'm not well, in Jersey. So hey, look, we had Long Island um, stuff going on. It's mm. town supervisors and stuff. It's all red down here now too, man. No. The red wave, tidal wave, just. Except for the uh, mayor of New York. We got a no. uh, new new mayor of New York coming, Mr. Eric and Adams. Who, oh, okay. So, I mean, I didn't want to turn this into the political honchos. It's just I'm just relieved that I don't have to watch those. Every day it was a deluge of these Youngkin and McAuliffe ads for the governor of Virginia. Ooh, wait, to, wait till tomorrow. It's going to start off for 2022, man. Well, but at least I have a day. <laughs> a day a day off from 20 me. minutes, yeah. Shenanigans. The election shenanigans. It's all good stuff, man. You know, the people came out and voted. I didn't hear any claims yesterday in all the red waves. Nothing about voter fraud. Isn't it funny when you win? Weird. When you win, there's no claim of voter fraud. Isn't Isn't it it wacky? So wacky. Nobody wins and says. I I I hear the people on the blue side. They're not marching on the capitals tomorrow. Isn't that weird? No. We uh, all you get. All you get are crickets. All, all fucking, the, bl- the fucking police officers protecting the capitals of certain states, they can rest easy tonight. They can tell their wives and children they're coming home. They don't have to build any barricades. Isn't that fucking crazy? It is wacky. Wacky. It's wild anyway, wacky stuff. Anyway, congratulations to all them redsters out there. I'm an independent, so bravo. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for anybody who wins. Everybody loves a winner, Rob. I'm still, I'm still waiting for the results to be, for the real results from the 2000 election. Yeah, still waiting, too. All the audience. You know, 
I've still got my, you know, Gore 2000 t-shirts, my hats that say, he's our president. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard, um, hey, did, they, did uh, JFK Jr. make a show in there the other day? Uh, JFK Jr. is no longer signing autographs, if you know what I mean. Hey, he's, he said he was showing up in Dallas the other day. Well, he's been dead for a long time, so if he showed up, that'd be huge news. Hey, everybody, just kidding about that plane crash thing. Here I am. I don't think... Uh, they were all down there, the Kukanons. They're all down there, buddy. Creepy. I thought you'd be down there. No. I know you like a good show. <laughs> I do like a good show, but I like it from the privacy and the comfort of my own home. I like to go out in public with the crazies, except when uh, I teach, of course. So, did oh. you, on a, on a more serious note, did you and the Mishpucha enjoy Halloween? I tell you, I had a blast. Now, first of all, the kids do this thing called, some people call it ghosting. Some people call it booing, all right? So my little guy had his little buddy over there on Saturday. So uh, I, was, I had an afternoon show, but I was home in the evening, and I was really happy, and I was off Sunday too. So I take the boys out. They picked uh, eight, eight of their friends. So my son had four, and the other guy had four. So what they do is they get their masks on and stuff, and what you do is you pull up to the house. It's like a ring-and-run thing. You go up, you ring the door, you drop the candy, and then you, you take off so they can't see who dropped the... Uh, and it says, like, you've been booed. All right? right. So I really got into it with the kids, and they, they really loved it. So I had Mission Impossible, the music playing. And we would <laughs> we'd turn the corner, and we would pull up, roll the windows down, and then dun, 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 dun. And they thought it was amazing. So they were so, cracking there. What? So wait, wait a minute. What, what kind of backwards-ass Halloween is this, where the kids leave candy at the houses instead of taking candy from the well, houses? Well, it's hysterical because, you know, some of the kids, some of them aren't home. What it is, mm-hmm. like, you knock on the door. It's just the thing they do it. Like, my, my, our house gets booed by kids, blah, 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 and they get a treat and all that crap. But the best was is one of their buddies. <laughs> we pulled up, and they ring, and they hit, and the Mission Impossible plan, and I look into the doorway, and I see their buddy. And he's running to the door because he's trying to catch them. And it's hysterical. And they're laughing. And then they jump in the car. And we peel off like, you know, bank robbers. And it's a blast. And we did like eight times. And it was a rip. And the bottom line is, Rob, it's fun. I felt like a kid. The kids were having a blast. And then we went to Wendy's. I'm sure. Wendy's. I'm sure it's fun. But so the kids come home with no candy in their sacks because they give it all away. This is the day before, right? Then oh, the on day before Sunday. Uh, okay, got it. Oh, All right. see, you're not paying attention. No, I never do. That's yeah, you sound you, like my you're ex-wife. You're not going to win now. any elections if you don't pay attention to the people that you're talking to, okay? Okay, look, I'm riveted. Wait. <laughs> that was Saturday night, Robert. Okay. Sunday, yes. I took the boys out um, south of town. We have the train tracks that run through the town here. Uh, and then they filled up uh, pillowcases of candy. Uh, and they were so heavy on the first go-round, we came back, and they dumped it into other bags. Then we got in the car, drove up north, the grandma's side over there, mm-hmm. and um, they went around there again, and they scored. It was amazing. Ridiculous amount of candy. Ridiculous. Very nice. Very uh, nice. But the houses were fun. Uh, I don't know if you saw, I, I tweeted every time I go trick-or-treating. You always see some interesting things at other people's houses. Oh, God. <laughs> so this guy, it's on my Twitter feed. You got to check this guy had a school bus parked. No, no, I his, did see that. Yeah. I did see that. In yeah. his driveway, <laughs> and it's slightly tilted. 
You've said I've seen everything, but now I've seen a school bus in the or something like that. Yeah, beautiful house, and it's just like buried in his back in his driveway. Disturbing, weird, Weird. very weird. And then some people uh, have some, you know, they go over the top, man. I mean, I know a guy too. He's got like you know, seven hundred, you know, with those blow up things, and that's a lot of money. And Halloween, Halloween has become second only, maybe even not second, maybe tied, but at worst, second only to Christmas. In terms of the over-the-top decorations all of a sudden. I don't remember that as a kid. As a kid, yeah, it was a few pumpkins decorated. in the yard, maybe something hanging from the tree, hopefully not alive, and then that's it. No no music, no light show, no fog, nothing. You know, all you, nor did I care. Here's what I cared about. Do you have candy? Are you giving out raisins? Are you the house that gives out the fucking toothbrushes or the pennies? You know, and that's it. So uh, it's Halloween has become, which is fine. I, I just, it's odd how Halloween has become such a decoration driven holiday. By the way, where I was Sunday and Halloween, I was enjoying yet another Wolfskins disaster what? at my, at my mother's house and precisely zippy children showed up for trick or treating. So I imagine that's what Halloween's going to be like for me at Ingleside. So, well, that, but the good news is, you know, lots of leftover candy. So, well, that's good, man. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, well, no, no, no kids came around, but you know, maybe you should pull down the the gates and the spikes and the the electric. We have it's a it's a moat. Thank you, not gates and spikes. <laughs> a a shark filled moat, specifically for Halloween. Well, buddy, now that um, now that Halloween is over, oh no boy, it's <laughs> it's time to get ready. Are you ready? Are we skipping over Thanksgiving? You know, I love holidays. Woo! Start shopping, everybody. Yeah, baby. We have to have a special Christmas uh, Smart Honchos Holiday Honchos podcast with Christmas songs. What? We didn't do one last year? No. Last year we said, hey, it's Christmas. Go hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. All right, look, I hate to say this to everybody. It's, it's probably <laughs> that was the show. Again. It's probably going to happen again. <laughs> it's probably going to happen again. Hey, so happy, wait, Merry Christmas, everybody. Go hurt well, yourself. Let's look at the advent calendar. I mean, let's. when does it fall this year? Isn't it early for the advent calendar? So it would have to be the 22nd of December. That's a Wednesday. We might be able to do it. Okay, it's right in the thick of things as people are in the last-minute holiday crush. I believe that's also the last day of school for me for the winter. So I'll be in a good mood, if not slightly inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, then we got to do a show because I'd love to times. see Robert We Cudi should, we should do a holiday, a holiday drinking show. That'll be wacky. I'll load up on some eggnog and we'll be ready to go. Yes. Boom. So. Boom. Uh, before we forget, before we get too far into the sports shag, we, uh, open up the uh, the curtains and release the elephants. Yes, today is the forty fifth show. Yes, and as you know, we've been for the last couple episodes. It's starting with Dick Petty, and we followed up with John Riggins, uh, an athlete or or a NASCAR driver who wore or drove a car with that number on it. Somebody famous, a famous wearer. Of that number. So, again, 43 Richard Petty, 44 John Riggins. Today, for number 45, 
only one of the greatest, not just baseball players, but athletes of the 20th century, Bob Gibson, number 45, Hall of Fame pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the clip that we have for you, which is uh, two minutes, but we're not going to play you all two minutes because it's literally a video compilation of all of Gibson's major league record, 17 strikeouts in game one of the 1968 World Series, a record in a World Series game that still stands today. Who was in so, that game? Who partake? Who was the that was the St. Louis Cardinals and the Detroit Tigers. It was a, It's something we're never going to see again. Gibson went a complete game, 17 strikeouts, and he was facing Denny McLean, who at the time was the 31-game winner for the Detroit Tigers. We are never, ever going to see not just a complete game in a World Series, as we may talk about later on in the show, Graham, but a guy who won 31 games? 31. They went 31 and 6. He had 37 decisions, not counting the no decisions. So I pulled this clip. It's, again, incredibly unexciting. It's just fun to hear all the strikeouts back-to-back, and then you get to hear the crowd go wild when he ties Sandy Koufax's record and then breaks the record, gets a hug from Tim McCarver. Uh, The Cardinals would go on to lose that World Series to the Tigers, Uh, but Gibson did start games one, four, and seven that year. That was also the year he had the, I forget what his record was, but he had the 1.12 ERA, which is still a major league record. I mean, look what you had that year. Denny McLean, the American League with 31 wins, Bob Gibson in the National League with his 1.12 ERA, and again, I forget what the overall win-loss record was. And then after that season, that's when baseball said, you know, the mound is too high. It's a pitcher's game. They lowered the mound, started division play, and baseball has never been the same since. Never been the same. So if you would play the clip, Mr. Director. Please feast your ears on this clip featured, presented by Mr. Robert Cuny featuring Mr. Bob Gibson. Come out swinging. 3-2 pitch. The count on him, two strikes and the ball. He stuck him out, swinging. Got him! Listen to the crowd! Was his 15th strikeout. Once again, a standing ovation. A new World Series record. The good old days. The good old days. And I love the the old timey announcer voice. Hey, it's a strikeout, everybody. I'm sure I don't know who it was, but again, somebody frozen in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s in terms of the announcer. And that game, I believe, I could be mistaken, but I leave from the clip that was played in the daytime. Yes, it was. So it's. It's a relic, this World Series, from only 53 years ago. A relic now. Stuff you're never going to see again. So, welcome to the 45th show, everybody. Next week, episode 46, I got nothing. I'll let you know. That's why you, that's why you tune in every week, to find out who next week's number 46 will be. I'm, I'm excited already. I really am. Just so. the suspense that you're going to leave us in. And I don't tell Paul beforehand. I mean, I sent that clip, so he probably noodled it through. He won't even let me pick one. He won't let me do it. 
folks. No, that's not true. That's if you have one, of, that's the kind of guy he is. That's why he, things are run around here. That's why he's everybody's favorite honcho. If you've got a number forty-six that you'd like, please send it my way. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. If you've got one for number forty-six, yeah, I got guess. one. I got one. It's the one of the motorcycle gangs in the Jabba Jaw. And that's why you don't get to choose them. <laughs> All right, pal. Hey, I rest buddy, my case. Take that horn out of the case. Let's get this show started. <laughs> Woohoo! Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite parts of the show. It's now time for headlines that make you do lines. With and Mr. Robert Judy. This week, like last Hold week. Hold on, he's not done yet. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Very important part here. And go. Hey. This week, like last week, uh, surprisingly penis free. The stories this week. So there you go. And by the way, that horn section. You keep saying the word. I know. Well, I'm paid to. I'm paid to by the. I'm paid to by the the Penis Association of America. Shut up. How about this? Shut up, you dick. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm a, the official spokesman of the penis growers of America. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, okay, so here's a, a headline and a sports story. Once again, courtesy of Sports Honcho's investigative reporter, one Paul Cuthbert. So, uh, high school football game uh, versus our good in California versus Ingles, Inglewood, not Ingleside. That's where I'll be. Inglewood. And Morningside. I see I tried to conflate the two names there. It was a real nail-biter, a squeaker, a close game all the way until the first minute. Uh, Final (laughs) score, Inglewood 106. Morningside, wait for it, just watching. That's right, 106 to zero. Still waiting for Morningside to score. And here's what makes... You had Morningside in the over. Yes. You lost. If you had Morningside plus 105, you lost. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I took I took Inglewood giving 105 points. So here's the thing that's making everybody squirrely besides the fact that it was 106 points. When Inglewood was leading by 104 points, they actually went for the two-point conversion. Good. You know, just in case there was a miracle 107-point run. Buried him. In them. So, you know, everyone, there's 13 touchdown passes from the quarterback. Uh, the Morningside coach was bitter. The Inglewood Unite, Unified School District was upset. And I'll read the, the... Bunch of tree huggers. Statement. I'll read the statement put out by the good folks at the Inglewood Unified School District. Um, but, look, the, the angst here is the fairness of running up the score. But before people start banging their heads against the wall thinking this is an outrage, it's an atrocity, um, Collins, the coach of Morningside, let me just, a little bit of fair and balanced reporting. We're here, buddy. Uh, We're listening. We're here. A little bit of no sympathy. Rush. Everything's good. You know. You know a a little bit of sympathy. You explain yourself explaining. I'm just going to say here's a little sympathy for the Morningside people. No. Here's some excuses. Oh, you know, let's just talk about excuses. The coach of Morningside hired before the season started. He said he didn't get an off-season program. No spring practice seven-on-sevens. They're filled with injuries, including their three quarterbacks, meaning their star wide receiver had to be their quarterback on Friday. That sounds like a lot of excuse-making. If you lose 106 to nothing and can't even manage a field goal, you kind of get what you deserve. 
So a running clock, for those that are not familiar, in high school sports, like here in Montgomery County where I live, if a team gets a 35 nothing, they just run the clock. There's no stopping at all. It just keeps running until the game is over. They That's don't force nice. it. So here, the running clock started in the second quarter after Inglewood led 59 to nothing after the first quarter. 59 to nothing. That's more points than the Wolfskins have scored in their last three or four games. Yes. Uh, and 86 nothing after the second quarter. So in the second half, they scored only 20 points. So you see, something to hang your hat on, Morningside. You held them to 20 points in the second half. Here is the inflated, self-aggrandizing, pompous statement from the Inglewood Unified School District. My uncle. We at the Inglewood Unified School District are saddened beyond words by the events that transpired at the football game Friday between Inglewood and Morningside High Schools. We will conduct a full investigation Another and investigation? take and oh take God. whatever steps are necessary to ensure that a similar outcome never happens again under an IUSD athletic program. Our expectation in IUSD is that every athletic contest reflects the highest level sportsmanship, respect and collegiality in every interaction among players, coaches, staff and administrators. We value the hard work and commitment made by every student athlete and regret these actions have taken the focus away from the positive strides our programs have made at IUSD. What? As I, as, as somebody once said on this very show, what a load of horseshit. It's a game. They lost 106 to nothing. What are you going to do? You know, there are players on Inglewood that have scholarships to major universities, including nearby UCLA. So let them play. Let them get stuff on tape. You know what? If you don't like the fact that you lost 106 to nothing, here's an idea. Let me think. Mm, play better. Get the ball in the end zone. Now, get, here's how about the kicker. get the ball? How about get the ball? Exactly. Hold on the ball for more than a second or two. Here's the kicker, though, to this whole story. Why Morningside is full of shine. Uh, in 1990, Morningside, uh, with then legendary Hall of Fame women's basketball player Lisa Leslie. Uh, in a game against poor South Torrance, also part of the Inglewood Unified School District, uh, scored, Lisa Leslie, I'm sorry, herself scored 101 points in the first half of a basketball game against South Torrance. South half. Torrance refused to play in the second half, resulting in a 102-24 to 24 finish. And for those of you who are not doing the math at home, that means of those 102 points, that Morningside scored, uh, Lisa Leslie scored 101 of them. So, there you have it. So Morningside can shove it with yeah. their whole, woe is us. I think it's great. 106 to nothing. That's impressive. What I'd like to know is how many people, even from uh, Inglewood, actually stayed for the entire game. At what point are you like 59 to nothing, first quarter? Hey, when's Jeopardy on? How long are you staying for that game? You got to stay because the pretzels, the leftover pretzels get discounted at the end of the game. You got to stay. Yikes. End of the game. Tell I mean, you what, man, if they got that guy Shifty Shift working on that investigation, they're not going to find anything. I mean, what what, what are they going to investigate? Exactly. There's no cheating. There's nothing. They didn't do anything wrong. They just played. What were they supposed to do? Walk off the field? I'm sure they put their reserves in. Now, they're going for two points when you're up 104 to nothing. That's a little schmucky. But that doesn't need an investigation. IUSD, the school district come out and say, there's nothing we can do about it. It was fair, but that two-point conversion was schmucky. That statement I would like. 
That would be an impressive statement. Be excellent. Hey, look, as long as there's time on the clock left mm-hmm. and you get possession of the football, you, whatever sport, fuck, anything, just go. Go for it, man. You know, fuck it. I mean, you know, look, everything's going to hell today, Rob. So just we don't need we don't need good sportsmanship anymore either. No. Who cares? As well. Speaking of going to hell. <laughs> hey, Mr. Cuthbert, question for you, buddy. Go ahead, how Mr. Much, how much do you like Popeyes? Now, uh, you when you say Popeyes, <laughs> are you talking about the food chain or you're talking like a uh, like a group of Popeyes? No, I a group? You mean like a group of Popeyes, the Popeye the Sailor Men? No, not a not a fleet of Popeye the Sailor Men. I mean the restaurant Popeye. Because he can't be the only one, right? There had oh, to sure. be more than one Popeye. A whole where's battalion the, of Popeyes. Where's his crew? Yeah, where's his ship? Okay, you never well, know what ship he was on. I'm not talking about the deformed sailor <laughs> with one eye and the oversized arms. I'm talking about the restaurant. His chain. name was Robin Williams, wasn't he? Sure, in the Robert Altman movie. Yeah, I know my. Bad movie trivia. So, how much do you like Popeyes, sir? I have never eaten at Popeyes. Really? Then I'm I'm guessing, and I like Popeyes myself, but not as much as good old Vanessa Lee Jones. Would you like to hear how much she likes Popeyes? I, what? That's what I'm here for, man. I I pulled up a seat. I have a cup of tea. I'm ready. Yep. Shockingly enough, this happened in Florida for the second oh, time. No oh, oh, let me let me let me read the headline: Naked woman busted again. For lewd activity. <laughs> I like the Again, by the way. Not just once. Awesome. She's once, twice, three times a lady. Uh, for the second time in recent weeks, a Florida woman has been arrested for pleasuring herself in public. Oh, this time God. <laughs> outside of Popeye's at 10, at 10 in the morning. <laughs> what? what are you doing at 10 o'clock in the morning outside of Popeye's? Vanessa Lee Jones was uh, collared. Saturday morning after a witness reported spotting her masturbating near a dumpster. How it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, outside the chicken joint in St. Petersburg, Jones, seen it right in her mugshot, thankfully fully clothed, was fully nude at the time. When police responded to the scene, officers, quote, also witnessed the defendant masturbating in front of the dumpster completely naked. Jones, investigators added, was observed on security cameras, again, masturbating while fully naked. Jones was arrested for exposure of sexual organs, which is only a misdemeanor. I like that. Exposure of sexual organs. Um, She is is being held in the county jail in lieu of a $150 bond. In an arrest affidavit, St. Petersburg police noted that Jones showed no indications of drug or alcohol influence and no indication of mental health issues. Jones is listed as homeless and a resident of rental property. So she's both homeless and a resident of rental property in Newport Ritchie, a city in the Tampa St. Pete area. Now, Jones was also arrested earlier on September 30th after allegedly exposing herself, masturbating in front of a 7-Eleven in St. Petersburg. Jones was charged with lewd and lascivious exhibition since she allegedly, allegedly, not allegislatively, allegedly, quote, Continuously rubbed her vagina in view, of a, this in view a, of a minor who was accompanied by a male relative. Into, Wait, who recorded the 11 a.m. Ins- what is she doing in the middle of the morning in dumpsters, Popeyes, 7-Elevens? What exactly is so exciting here? <laughs> Please tell me. It's horrible. I can't, I can't listen to you read any more of this. So, there you go. Is that right, Popeye? 
you know this finish to make Okay, so uh, would you would you what if it was uh, olive I oil? Know. I am what I am on account of I eat me spinach. <laughs> oh I'm Popeye the Sailorman. No I can't take it anymore, man. It's a horrible story. I don't I don't want to make fun of this 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 woman. Because obviously okay. she has she has issues. No, Not, she doesn't. No, no mental issues. My no, ass. no mental issues. Hmm. Well, then again, like she I said, just likes well, a good you know, you fried say chicken. It's Florida, and then I guess you know that's okay down there. I guess she just likes a good a chicken sandwich. It's a misdemeanor. My my feeling is she enjoys Slurpees and a good chicken sandwich. You know, slightly more than the rest of us, but she still enjoys it. So I have a story. My next story in the last one is one that's even more annoying and more painful. That does not involve any sexual organs, fast food restaurants, Your mom or listens to convenience show. stores. You tell me, Mrs. Cuny, Mom Cuny. That, 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 Mrs. I know, Catholic. I know, I know, I know. What? Not Mrs. Cuny. I know. Does she listen to the show? Mom Hopefully, Cuny she didn't listen to the, to the last. She didn't listen to the last five minutes. I'll present her with an edited version. The R-rated as opposed to the X-rated version. Are you ready? Sorry, Mom. This is how you know the world is not coming to an end. We've reached the end of the world. We are at the stopping point where we can go no further. The world has come to an end. Get out. I will not get out. You get out. Oh, sorry. Headline. With World Series in full swing. Maybe you've heard of this. PETA, and this is not a joke. PETA asked Baseball World to remove bullpen from vocabulary. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Yes, exactly. The term bullpen, which has been used in baseball since the sport took hold in the late 1800s. Uh, in baseball, the bullpen refers to the area beyond, well, we all know what it means. But here's what PETA says. We know what the bullpen is. The place where the pitchers warm up and so on and so forth. Now people for the ethical treatment of animals, PETA, is hoping those around the sport will reconsider using the word bullpen. In a release this past Thursday, PETA said the baseball world should substitute the word bullpen, which references the area where bulls are kept for slaughter. Their suggestion? Wait, wait for it. What do they suggest instead of bullpen? I'll wait till you finish drinking so you don't spew coffee everywhere. They suggest arm barn, not dress barn, (laughs) but the arm barn. I like it, actually. I like it. Warming up in the arm barn. I like it. Peter Vice President Tracy Ryman said, words matter. Yes, they do. And baseball bullpens devalue talented players and mock the misery of sensitive animals. PETA encourages Major League Baseball coaches, announcers, players, and fans to change up. Aha! Aha! I see what they did there. To change up their language and embrace the arm barn instead. The arm barn. I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. No, it has not a nice ring to it. It has the it does. the smell of we had we I got nothing better money to do. To hear Joe Buck Jr. go, warming up in the arm barn. It's it has the smell of we ain't got nothing else to do at PETA. They're sitting well, around. That's going, true. What that's can we true, complain I, about? I, I like what they're selling here. I like it. The See, arm I was, barn. you know, I was I was waiting for something more disappointing, but the arm barn is I like that man. Yeah, but that, is, is, uh, can I sign something? Is there a petition? Sure. You want to have to do a, go to a petition.org, whatever that site is, nice. and start it. The Arm Barn. 
I'm in. Isn't that offensive to barns and arms and people? No, it's, it's, uh, I like it. I like it. I'm all for it. On barn. All right. You Good suck. <laughs> Sorry. Did I say that out loud? I apologize. No. Is the carnival done? Is it we finished there? Is that? No, we're, we're done. I think there's no more that I could possibly right, give you. Thank you so much there. So, uh, uh, let me dig it. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Another fantastic edition of Headlines. They should call the bullpen. Especially down in uh, St. Petersburg. They should call the bullpen Bull Shine. Careful where you shop. What do you think about that one? Careful where you eat. Call the bullpen Bull Shine. <laughs> Love it. All right, pal, we ready? This is a sports show. Oh, yeah, ready? we talk sports here sometimes. Is that what we're going to do now? All right. Yes. Let's okay. talk some slits. Fire up the drums. Yeah. Woohoo! As always, out of the gate here for all you first time, long time, wish you could be here, Sports Honchos fans. We kick things off, literally, with some college football. Oh! The rankings, the games, the upsets, the weird coaches. You name it, we got it right here on the Sports Hunters. Far away there, Mr. Kilney. So, you know, we could spend time talking about the games from last week, Michigan's failure to yet again win a game against its in-state rival. By the way, that was a phenomenal game, man. Except for the uniforms. And, yes, Michigan did get hosed. But, as predicted... By El Baldo here, Woo-hoo! I have, I have the first ESPN college football playoff rankings. Oh, and not a lot of people are happy about this, by the way. Shockingly enough, guess what team? Which is, uh, hold on, let me find my paperwork here. Are still they number two. Well, are they based down south? Let me no. guess. Still base number two in the country is not even in the top four for the college football playoffs. Phenomenal, isn't it? Your AP top four. Let's go. Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma. Your college football ranking top four, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon. No Oklahoma, no Cincinnati. Again, not surprised about Oklahoma since they're barely beating teams. And even though they are uh, 9-0, and it's a real soft 9-0. and But Cincinnati, uh, let me see, eight wins and um, uh, how many losses? Uh, what's that number? Zero. Now, Ohio State is at number five. And I told you, I've told all of you listeners, you did tell especially us. my mom, who's really listening, Ohio State may not be in the top four initially, but they're right there. They are setting up for the kill. And guess who Ohio State plays in two weeks? In Ohio State, in Columbus, at the Horseshoe. That's right, everybody, Michigan State. So what they're doing here, they can't quite, see their way to putting Ohio State in the top four right away, especially because they lost to Oregon. But uh, if Ohio State beats Michigan State, they're in. They're in there. They, they found their way in. That The, the redemption tour uh, that started with Penn State last week will continue. I think they play Nebraska this week. That should be a walkover. And then Michigan State and Michigan, both at home. Not that it matters because Michigan never beats Ohio State as long as Jim Harbaugh's the coach. We can talk about him some other time, but what are they going to do with this guy? He wins just enough games not to get fired, but not the big games. Doesn't he have a 60-year deal? It feels like it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so over the whole 
Look at me, everybody. I'm the second coming of Bo Schembechler, right down to the glasses and the hat and everything else. Get over yourself. You know what Bo Schembechler did that you haven't done? He beat Ohio State regularly. He had the team in national title talk all the time. You, you've done precisely Dick Ola. He might be a great coach, but he's done nothing worth keeping at Michigan except win just enough not to get fired. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. We're not here to talk about that. No, we're not. Cincinnati no. is at number six. In order for them to get into the playoff, a lot of chaos has to occur. Now, they are lucky in this respect. Once Ohio State beats Michigan State, which they probably will, and Ohio State gets in the top four, Michigan State will tumble out of the top four. Oregon, which of all the teams in here is a glass cannon being from the Pac-12, they have a good chance of not finishing at you know with just one loss. They may lose in the Pac-10 championship. So Cincinnati has an outside chance. I mean, they do have to leapfrog Ohio State, but Ohio State's going to move up for them. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia, or I'm sorry, if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, Alabama may tumble out. But I think at one and two, Georgia and Alabama are mortal locks, uh, barring some unforeseen regular season loss by either one of these teams. I mean, Georgia's a house, especially that defense. So all the chaos that I was loving in the first several weeks, different teams here, different teams there, Wake Forest in the top 10 for the first time ever, loved seeing that, that the highest-ranked ACC team was not from Clemson and not from Florida State. It's the two highest-ranked ACC teams, NC State and Wake Forest. In basketball, you see that all the time, but in football, you never see it. And I'm not going to count the Syracuses and the Johnny-come-latelys like BC and the ACC. NC State, Wake, they are two original ACC teams. So Cincinnati got jobbed once again, which only furthers and strengthens the argument that having four teams in the college football playoff is just going to get recycled, have the same teams recycled year after year after year. But you know what? As we always say here on the Honchos, as long as people are watching and the cash registers are ringing, Mm -hmm. nobody gives a shit. We care as observers of the sport. But sadly, we're not actually making the rules. We're not doing any voting. We're the ones that cause this to happen because we keep watching. So... Good luck to Cincinnati. I'm rooting for him. I told you I still want to see in the playoffs a Cincinnati-Ohio State playoff game just because it would be glorious to see the bully, the David and Goliath of Ohio facing each other. And then Cincinnati winning. How epic would a Cincinnati and Alabama title game be? Alabama would crush them like grape, I know. But it would still be nice to see somebody else in the title game, especially a non-Power 5 school like Cincinnati. Hey, look, that that all that whole conversation's on tape from last year, from our college football championship uh, pregame discussion and post-discussion conversation we had last year about all this stuff, about hoping that somebody else would get in there besides Roll Tide, Clemson, and Notre Dame, you know? Yep. And, and here we are again. You could see what they're doing. <laughs> in like, fact, in, in fact, that whole thing I, that we just heard, that was just the tape from last year. That wasn't live. <laughs> that was recorded from last year. See how seamless the production is? You I didn't even know, did you? you want, man. No, please don't. Hey, I got a question for you. Top 25 here, the rankings? Yes. How many, oh. guess how many undefeated teams there are? Hold on, I have it right here. Oh, no, 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 guess. You got to guess. Okay, I just put... 
I just put the ranking space down. Uh, I'm going to guess, well, I know there's at least three. Seven. Close. There's six. All right. Georgia at 8 0. Cincinnati at 8 0. Oklahoma at 9 0. Michigan State at 8 0. Wake Forest at 8 0. And my team. Yeah, I knew runners. it. The Roadrunners, baby. That's University why... of Texas at San Antonio, 8 0. When That's are they why... going to get some recognition around here? That's why you wanted to ask me how many undefeated teams there were because old Utsa was one of them. Hey, is Louisiana... Notre Dame undefeated? No. No. Hey, Louisiana Lafayette is, is Alabama in the, is roll tight undefeated, Bob Cuny. Uh, no. no. They sure aren't. Is Ohio North... State or Oregon undefeated? Nope. No. You know who is? University uh, you know of Texas at San Antonio. You and know what the biggest? UTEP, they have UTEP on tap this week on Saturday. And they're going to get 9 0. I have a, uh, a nugget about UTEP. By the way, uh, your, your precious Utsas, UT San Antonio, yeah. not in the college football playoff top 25. Which it's an outrage. Bullshit. It's an outrage. Our two favorite teams on the Honchos, are they, the Presbyterian are they Blue Hose. Are they playing in a different country? I don't know. Are they playing on specially different football fields? I thought this was fields? America. Are they using a rugby football instead of an American football? Where is the respect? I thought this was America. <laughs> America. Listen. All right, I have to get that off my chest. UTSA, Presbyterian Blue Hose, we're taking them all the way here on the Hot Shows. Absolutely. Give me, the, And we'll have a Blue Hose update. It was, uh, spoiler Oops, alert, uh, it was not a good week. For the Presbyterian Blue Hose. Interesting week. It never is a good week. Not a good week. It's not the kind of week you put in a time capsule when we, you're trying to recruit. We love them. We love them here at the Hound We Jones. do love them, but you're not going to. You're not doing any recruiting off last week's Utsa games. and the Blue Hose. Yeah. Um, before we get to the interesting nuggets, courtesy of our pals at the Athletic. Um, We're firing this week, everybody, by the way. It's too bad. You know, and that's why they can't afford to pay us yet. Yet. Um, I have an announcement to make, by the way. I'll be working for the Athletics soon. You know, sweeping floors and, you know, cleaning the bathrooms. But, hey, it's a start. Um, it's a it's a meh kind of week coming up because in the next couple weeks, going into rivalry weekend over Thanksgiving, uh, that's we have some of the bigger games. But this week, kind of a slow week, kind of a down week for the top 25. Uh, Mississippi State is... Uh, Taking on Arkansas in Arkansas, number seventeen, Mississippi. It's right neck off there. It is in Arkansas. They were making some noise early in the season. Uh, Thirteen Auburn is at Texas A and M. Two six and two teams. It's one of those who's going to come in third in the SEC kind of games. Uh, Baylor, uh, number twelve Baylor, seven and one at poor TCU at three and five. First game without coach Gary Patterson. We'll talk about him. Uh, before this segment is over. And number nine, Wake Forest, 8-0 at UNC at 4-4 four and four with good old Mac Brown coaching. And the question is, how is Wake going to respond in their first game as a top 10 team ever? Exciting. It is exciting. So that's um, those are the games to watch. I'm sure there are more between unranked teams that will interest those of you out there I'm listening. setting my DVR now, Mr. But those all the big games, Excellent. sir. So, all right, what? let's get to the uh, the Nuggets. 
the chicken McNuggets from our pals at uh, The Athletic. Are you a McDonald's so, Nuggets guy or a Wendy's Nuggets guy or a Burger King Nuggets guy? Wendy's Nuggets are poo-poo. Uh, Burger King's Nuggets, they're pretty good. What's great about Burger King's Nuggets is they're cheap. Okay, now, I haven't had the glorious Popeye's Nuggets. I, I'm not going back to that story again, but I hear that it's <laughs> apparently it's never like going to Popeye's now, buddy. No, it's like they don't go to the dumpster. It's like they chopped up the chicken sandwich into little pieces. So I'm, I'm curious to try them. But I still, to me, my, in my heart of hearts, it's going to be McDonald's. And the Ooh. Chick-fil-A Nuggets, eh, meh. I have not eaten at a Chick-fil-A either yet. No. You know what? My advice to you, go on Sunday. All the food is half off. He doesn't know they're closed on Sunday. Uh, what is a holy day for them? Yeah, this, this you know, don't get me started on the hypocrisy of Chick Fil A. That's All right, let's stick with the Nuggets. Right, that's where the political honchos. Anyway, uh, Kenneth Walker the third. By the way, Wake Forest nine and zero had this guy on their team and let him walk through the transfer portal. You know, I mentioned earlier that Wake Forest was undefeated. You did, along with UTSA. I got it. Yes, thank you. Anyway, he has vaulted himself into the Heisman talk over Matt Corral of Old Miss. Yes, Kenneth Walker III had five rushing touchdowns, the most ever by a player against Michigan. So he had 208 yards on 26 carries, five rushing touchdowns. Now he is the one of the odds-on favorites to win the Heisman. He's Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker, the Michigan State coach, he is 2-0. and First Michigan State coach to go 2-0 and against the Wolverines, while our good friend... Our good friend Jim Harbaugh, two and thirteen against top ten teams at Michigan. Does two he and get nine. paid like a gazillion dollars? Yes, two and nine against ranked opponents on the road. He's three and nine against Michigan State, and and zero oh and five against Ohio State. Zero oh and five That's again. He wins nine or ten games a year, which is too many games justify a firing. And he's done a lot better than the guys he replaced wow. the last two coaches. At least he's consistent. Yes, that's he what's has, so maddening. He has a plan, and he rolls it out every year, and he and he, it works out for him. I mean, since 2004, when they were leading by at least 16 points in the second half, they were 89-1. and one. Now, 89-2 and two after I lost to Michigan State. Well, it, it's, it's a terrible, there we go, sound. One day I'm just going to have it recorded, so it always sounds chef's kiss perfect. All right, Georgia's defense has scored three touchdowns this season and allowed only five. That's pretty, pretty good. Nice. Florida's outgained its opponent in every game, but it's only four and four. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Navy beat Tulsa this weekend without completing a pass. You know where Navy, Navy plays, buddy? You know where they I, play I know. Home games? Let me see. I in feel like we've backyard! had this conversation. Go see a game, for God's sakes. The midshipmen attempted four passes. Without a completion in 120 to 17. They rushed for, are you ready? 302 yards on 60 carries. Wow, that's a lot of pressure on your running backs. Uh, UTEP, you know, the next opponent for your pals at UTSA. University of Texas at San Antonio. Get it right. Is playing, yes, is playing University of Texas El Paso. UTEP is 0-26-1 all time in the Eastern time zone. They come here, they lose. So if you're looking for a quick victory, schedule UTEP if you live out here in the East. Maybe Presbyterian in the Carolinas ought to schedule them. Wake Forest, as I said, is 8-0 for the first time ever. You know who said uh, Wake Forest was undefeated earlier? 
I don't know. This guy. Some 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 guy who's full of himself. I got nothing. Okay. And that brings us to the Presbyterian Blue Hose update. And then we'll talk about candy and then some Gary Patterson, and then we'll get the hell out of Dodge for college football. So uh Presbyterian, another nail biter for your blue hose. They lost fifty-six to fourteen to the Stetson Hatters to fall to two and four, zero and five in the Pioneer League. Uh, the mighty Stetson Hatters three and four, two and three in the Pioneer League. Now, here's what's so incredible about this game. Remember, they lost fifty-six to fourteen by six touchdowns. They Time of possession, Blue Hose, 33 minutes, Stetson, only 26. They only committed five penalties to Stetson's eight penalties. Uh, they outgained in the air two, uh, Stetson 298 yards to 214. Here's, though, where the problems come in. Uh, they only had 30 rushing yards. Stetson had 268. They turned the ball over four times. And here's my favorite stat to Stetson's once including three interceptions by Presbyterian quarterback Ren Hefley. Here's my favorite stat, though. Are you ready? Stetson was two for three on fourth downs. Presbyterian, one for ten. They went for it on fourth down ten times. Remember, this is, this is the school that thinks punting is a sin, and they refuse to do it. I think they did it once in this game. It must have been quite a fourth down if they actually punted. Ten times, and... Got it once. One conversion. All right. Um, before we get to Gary Patterson, and then I said get the hell out of Dodge, you know, this whole Mike Leach candy corn thing, which I believe we were the first yes. to ex- to exploit for comedic value here on the sports honchos. True that. Now, re- now everybody's talking about it. Stealing our material once again, mm-hmm. giving us zero credit. Yep. So in the aftermath of the candy corn fiasco, um, a tweet was put out by, of course, I don't actually, the only thing I don't have printed out here is who sent the tweet, but it's a list of all the ACC coaches and their favorite uh, candy. Ugh. And I won't go through all of them, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. The the team with the best record, your undefeated Wake Forest Demon Deacons. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, they're not mine. But you UTSA, like talking about UTSA how they're undefeated. Mine. No, I just included them. In my who's undefeated in the top twenty-five okay. rankings. Well, okay. Part of Paul's Look, you undef- can't, you can't undefeated tribe in, in a different. You can't do that to them. I apologize. Part of Paul's undefeated tribe of NCAA college football teams. Uh, their coach Dave Clawson, not the pickle know. guy, head coach of Wake Forest. His favorite candy: the super overrated Sour Patch Kids. I was hoping that there'd be a, some sort of uh, correlation between good candy choices and good football records, and sadly, I cannot make that uh, connection. I'll, I mean, look, uh, Jeff Halfley of Boston College, who likes nerds, they're four and four. I thought they'd have a losing record. Dabo Swinney at Clemson, who's five and three, likes payday bars, an odd choice. Mac Brown, and I'll leave it at this: Mac Brown, whose team is four and four. And he's a thousand years old. Can you guess and think real hard about this one? What his favorite candy is, and it's not Metamucil. Bazooka bubblegum. No, think older. older think old me. man candy. Root beer chips? I don't know. Very close. 
Werther's Originals. Oh, yeah, I like them. Yeah, that's his favorite candy because he's a, he's a grand small guy. He's got he good is. taste. So anyway, that's the favorite candies of the ACC. Sour Patch Kids winning the day. Who can make the rainbow? There's no other sports show in the fucking world playing this song right now except us. No, and there's a reason why. <laughs> I don't mean to be critical. I Sammy. Sammy was all right. awesome. All right. So the news is not all good and interesting for everyone this past weekend. Halloween was particularly painful, particularly, wait for it, shocking. For Gary Patterson of Texas Christian University, out, out after 20 years. And here's what's great about this story. So he's in the middle of the season. They're three and five, one and four in the Big 12. And the, the people that the athletic department comes to Gary Patterson on Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday on Halloween, says, Gary, uh, we're moving in a different direction. Thanks for three decades of coaching. Um, but we're moving in a different direction. However, we'd like you to stay on and finish out the season as our coach. Do a farewell tour. Tip your cap to the adoring fans. Say thank you, whatever you want. Flowers, candy, the whole thing. You know what he said? He said, go fuck yourself. I quit. Way to go, Gary. Oh, he didn't say I quit. He said, I'm leaving today. See Good ya. For him. After 20 years. If you're going to fire me mid-season, I'm out of here. I'm not going to stick around. What kind of a stupid ass <laughs> says to their coach, hey, we're going to fire you, but you can stay. How about just waiting until the end of the season and then firing him? What did you think? Did they really think he was going to go, oh, how gracious of you? I yes. Have the, I have the answer. I will stay. I know why. It's right here in front of me. Yes. You know why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is not your local favorite Black Sabbath tribute band. This is not your Judas Priest upcoming oh tour, okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for Jerry Kill and the TCU Horn Dogs. No, I thought there was going to be music playing. <laughs> Uh-oh, Paul's taking off his headphones. That's Speechless, it? Speechless, right? That's all you got for me? That's, Dude, uh, yeah, that, well, that has so much more of a better ring than Gary Peterson and the TCU. I'm sorry. First of all, it's Gary Fox. Patterson and right, the TCU. See, I said all right, we'll look. Jerry so Kill. You, His so name yes. is Jerry Kill, man. There's a, that's a great football that's name. That's why they brought him in because he kills people. Jerry right. Kill and the TCU Horn Frogs. I love it. It actually does sound like a great motorcycle bar band. Um, but Dude, I am aside, buying this domain name. Are you kidding me? You should. That's you my should. next tribute band. Jerry Kill and the TCU. They can Fox. open for the uh, they can open for the Jimmy Kenny band. I'm sorry, the Jimmy Kenny Beach band. Gratuitous plug. Uh, he went 181 and 79 at TCU, which you know for TCU, considering that TCU is generally regarded as at best the fifth best school in Texas. So you, you're really getting the scraps of the Texas recruits behind University of Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, and Baylor. You're at best number five on that list. So he 
They have not finished. This, now, here's the bad. Yeah, they haven't finished a season ranked in the AP poll since 2017 when they went 11 and two. So the last four seasons, they were 21 and 22. They've lost two straight games to SMU after seven straight wins. However, in his time, in his 20 years coaching since 1998, I'm sorry, since 2001, he joined the, the team in two, 1998 as defensive coordinator. Since 2001, they've been to have they've had 17 bowl appearances. And he went 11 and 6 in those bowls. Before he got there, between 1896 and 2001, they had 17 bowl games in that time period. So in his 20 years, he had as many bowl appearances as the school had in over a century of existence. Now, he, again, I know it's a very what have you done for me lately sort of approach. And here's my feeling about why. He got thrown overboard just like Ed Orgeron in, in LSU and Clay Helton after two games at USC and the landscape of college football. Five years ago, 10 years ago, this doesn't happen. Gary Patterson, after 20 years and going 11 and 6 in bowl games, should be able to write his own ticket. However, we have with the transfer portal and the nil rights, you know, name, image, and likeness, yes, and schools. On this. It wasn't directed to you, no, Mr. Oh, yeah, Cup. I could see. Yeah, you brought it there up. Might be, there might be someone else. I know I'm not the not smartest familiar. sports guy in the world. You know, I get it, but you know. Okay, I'm not doing a show for you. you know what I'm doing a show for prick everybody every out there. Again, you know? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> this is not me just talking so to Paul. Oh, and there's a microphone. our listeners. Thank you. No, they might not know what nil you rights suck, are. suck, Robert Cuny, I'm telling you. It's just not nice. You know, you try to bring a little information to the table. I'm I'm sorry. And were, what do were, I get? You were just you were. There's you were, mockery and outrage. I'm sorry. I thought you were You've interrupted my outrage with sorry. your mockery. I'm sorry. You've interrupted. Your chocolate is in my peanut butter, Mr. Cuthbert. <laughs> anyway, with the changing landscape of college football, with no rights, and it's none of your fucking business what nil stands for, and the transfer portal. Okay, is that better, Mr. Smarty Britches? <laughs> Schools are in a panic because now it's the Wild West of getting players to come to your school. Either you got to make it attractive for kids who want to market themselves or you have to make it attractive for schools, for kids that want to transfer like Kenneth Walker III did from Wake Forest to Michigan State. And if you've got a coach that's a dinosaur, even the one with extreme success at your school, and he's not getting it done, especially at a program like USC – where you got to win now. It's California. It's supposed to be the hottest school in, in Los Angeles. You got to win now. You got to get a coach up there who's going to attract the best players and attract players who, who know they can make money off of, you know, marketing themselves. That's why. That's to me, that's why Patterson is now unemployed. He'll get a job somewhere else. He's a great coach. He took, again, a program that's the fifth best in Texas. It's not easy to do that at TCU behind all those other power schools in Texas. You're really getting the dregs. And look what he did with it. He did more than anyone would have expected from any coach at TCU, and he did more than anyone ever expected from a coach at TCU. But college football is changing. you got to win right now. Why does he get fired in Harbaugh? It doesn't. That's the question. Again, I don't understand. I feel like Harbaugh's got naked pictures of somebody, compromising photos. But, again, he wins just enough to not get fired. I, I don't get it. I feel like, though, if the Bears job comes open in the NFL, that might be Michigan's best chance to get rid of this guy. (laughs) 
because he'll choose to go somewhere else and not the other way around. So, anyway, that's college football for you. Good stuff, Mr. Cooney, as always. And once again, we apologize to all the listeners who uh, were offended by the nil comment there by Mr. Cooney. Sorry. I, I should have said it's, it's, none, himself, it's none of your business. It's, it's very, anyway, it was, it was very anyway. hateful trying to drop some information on people. All right, folks. Time to head to the rinks, the hardwood, and wrap up the hardball right here on the Sports Conchos Live on a Wednesday night, November, baby! Come on, Rob. Here we go. This is a chance. Episode 45. Woo! Got those hands. Nope. Yeah, still won't do it. Alright folks, week four of the NHL, the hockey stuff. We covered some of the Chicago bad news last week with Kyla Beach. And uh, there's been fallout since then, obviously, since we've last been on air. As far as the standings are concerned, best team in the league is the uh, now Quenville-less Florida Panthers at nine. Uh, after nine games, eight, oh, still undefeated. And one uh, overtime tie there. And the only clean undefeated team right now in the league is those Carolina Hurricanes. For all you guys down in the line, it's uh, 8 0. And uh, my New York Rangers are uh, fifth in the league, <coughs> just uh, a point above uh, Rom's Capitals. And we finally, they finally lost a game in, in regulation, the Caps, to uh, defending tough. champion, Tampa Bay. So um, let's jump into it here, pal. Well, hockey first, and then we'll uh, jump into one of little oops. Right. And, uh, you know, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. You know what the biggest news is that just came out earlier today is Sidney Crosby, your pal, has COVID. Man, everybody's getting COVID these days. I know. It's, it seems Except like now if you don't get COVID, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? You didn't get COVID yet? Sick. I don't know. Look how look how far we've come since hey, March somebody, of 2020. You know somebody told me the other day. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Mike. I just started uh, with a personal trainer, and uh, Mike told me that he says uh, people with the uh, high uh, vitamin D, it seems that that seems to be a, you know, an anti-COVID thing. So vitamin D is the COVID no, no, blocker. No, 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 no. It's the, he's not. Look, I'm not. It's not one of these conspiracy things like that. It's just. No, I was, I, it's just, just medically noted that people who have Good amounts of vitamin D seem to be those people who have not contracted COVID pre-vaccine. Oh, okay. Just a little right. thing. Interesting. Nothing, Interesting. You know, nothing, and, and JF, where, nothing, where do nothing you like JFK Jr. showing up in Texas like the other day, okay? Where do you stand on the uh, the vitamin D? Are you a good good solid amount of vitamin D, vitamin I, D I deficient? Do, I, I'm, I'm okay. I could do better. I just had my uh, my blood results come back from my doctor. I'm taking care of myself here, mm-hmm. so um, all right. I'm all right though. Everything's good. Hey, knock on oh, wood. Good. I haven't uh, contracted the uh, the COVID nineteen. Um, vaccinated, boosted, all that stuff. I put mayonnaise well, on my on nose every night before I go to bed. <laughs> I'm, uh, yikes, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. What, keeps the COVID away. I have no what idea. What, keep you keep your wife away, that's for just sure. <laughs> put some mayonnaise on your nose before you go to bed. I'm hey, look, my... um, 
He just got, you know what? He was injured, so he's hanging around. He got a, who knows who he caught it from. I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, I get this feeling like, you know, it seems like some of the rock stars out there, if ticket sales aren't go, going good. Oh, somebody's got COVID. We got to cancel the shows. COVID is still being used as a as an excuse for just about everything yes, that's going on. Hey, know. it's COVID. At some point, we got to say, you know, it's been almost two years. We got to move on from COVID as a blame for everything that's happening. You know, at some point, you got to phase that out. Here's some the point. Thing. Here's, yeah. Maybe not today, but yeah. at some point. Here's the thing. Um, not to make light of it, but as we go further here with, you know, you're talking – We've had full seasons now of, of baseball. I know it's outdoor. Hockey's just getting underway, and the weather, the, weather? The, weather. the weather is starting to get a little chilly. So we'll see what happens now. This, we've, we've kind of mentioned this before. So here we are. We come out of the spring and the summer and the outdoor stuff, and now we're getting into um, indoor sports, basketball, and hockey. You know, football's still outdoor. So, you know, y- there's not a, a lot. I guess it's... Cases now, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, Rob, all right, Sid's got COVID, he's going to be fine. You know, he's, he's vaccinated, quote-unquote, he's supposed to be. Not like Aaron <clears throat> Rodgers, <clears throat> yeah. but, um, or Evander <clears throat> Kane. But, so here's the deal. Was, was Sid vaccinated? We don't know. And this kind of brings the light to the question now. Is everybody really vaccinated? Or is how effective are the vaccines without the booster? Or... You gotta take each individual separately, right? So, right. You guys, everybody knows these guys are on teams, right? So there's 22 guys on a roster, a couple extra guys. They're they're, they're traveling with the same guys all the time. Now we don't know when they get to the hotels, what they're doing, pairing up, and everything. But we do know that they have practices every morning, right? And then they go hang out, they have lunch or whatever, and then they get back pre skate, and then there's a game, and then there's just hockey and being involved and everything. So. You know, we're three, four weeks into the NHL season. There's been a handful of guys on each team. It's bopping around. The main thing is he's got mild symptoms I'm reading here. But nobody's, you know, nobody's in really bad shape. It seems to me more like now, I'm, you know, I'm, again, not to make light of it, but getting COVID now seems to be like, oh, he's got the flu. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's now become the flu. And it's not necessarily fatal, it's it can be bad, it can be mild, depending on circumstances. Um, so you're right. You hear people get not. We're going to get desensitized when we hear people say they have COVID. And we'll think, oh, it's the flu, it's the cold, it's just going to be a part of our everyday cocktail of various respiratory ailments that we are uh, susceptible to get. So, you know, if this were a year ago and we heard that Aaron Rodgers and Sidney Crosby had COVID, there'd be a panic. I mean, it's amazing now, real quick, if you just look at the, um, and this is from uh, Smart News, if you look, they've always, I've always went to them for the COVID, um, you know, updates and stuff. So, like, the Northeast now, where, I, where we're from, and, you, I mean, you're a little down south, but you're kind of... We're more, we're more mid-Atlantic, thank yeah, you. Yeah, gotcha, all right. <laughs> so, it's, as far as that, it's like it's dark green now up here, except for, I think, Vermont or something, where it's 80% vaccinated up here. Now, the rest of the country almost is like all light green, which is between 64 and 80 percent of the country now is vaccinated. Um, Where it's red is in Idaho and it looks like uh, North Dakota. And then you got Louisiana, um, looks like Alabama, Arkansas, a couple of states there, Tennessee, too. 
And um, who's that? Oh, Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, West Virginia. And we said one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven states in the United States now. Only seven states that are in the red. Okay? So look how far we've come. Yeah. But. But not far enough. But the Northeast, like I said right now, and the Midwest and the Northwest, it's going to get cold. So we're going to see what happens. People congregate. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this is a long kind of winded kind of thing to say. And yet. Sid's sick. I hope he gets better. And yet, I'm, we still have to wear masks in my school, despite being yeah, one of my vaccinated I counties. It, which is kind of weird. I, I don't know, because we, we were kind of discussing it yesterday, and, and my wife is kind of, you know, it's tough. It's all day long, you know? It is. And me, myself personally, I get the gear, and I go, and I, I play in a restaurant or a bar or a club or, uh, you know. I mean, when, when two weeks, we're heading up to Foxborough. We expect to be playing in front of, like, six to 1,200 people. And it's, you know, we're, we're all vaccinated, you know, boom, and we're hanging out for two, three hours. So, look, you, so indoor, sh- indoor show. Yeah, that'll be indoors. Yeah. So okay. all, all shows now are going to be indoor and everything. But what I'm trying right. to get at is even myself, I'm pretty much in a venue. Let's say my last show on uh, Saturday is a bad example. Um, but uh, the previous week. So four hours, you know, between setting up, performing, breaking down. I'm hanging at a small Probably whatever, but it's anywhere between, you know, 50, 60 people that I'm not in, con- but we're all in a small area. What I'm trying no. to get at is, like, I don't get it sometimes, you know? Like, me and the guys went out uh, two weeks ago with my brother for his, his bachelor dinner, and we were in uh, Huntington's, a huge town up here, and, um, you know, this, the whole strip is jumping, man. Everybody's hanging, drinking, chilling, and we were. I was with uh, 20 guys for... Five to six, seven hours. Yeah. And knock on wood, like I said, I would say the majority of us, like at that kind, that's not a kind of thing where we're checking everybody's, are you vaccinated? You know, most of the conversation was most of the guys were. But anyway, I don't know. What the hell are we talking about? No, I have no idea. Oh, Sidney Crosby has COVID. Oh, he, that's right. Back, okay, that's this, the hockey edition the, here of Sports Hot Shows. Right, by the time this conversation ended, he's already cured. He's already yeah, over exactly. COVID. I mean, he's back on. And so. another guy's going on. Uh, speaking of the Blackhawks, a couple of guys there were okay. Kane was uh, out. He comes back mm-hmm. and he scores a hat trick. So look at that. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? I think I heard that somewhere before. Very good. Uh, do we want to get into what do you want? Do you want to do hockey first and get into the uh, what? What to me is the most troubling story of the week, and uh, not just the scandal. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. You, you talk to me. Get off your chest what you're upset about. Okay, so uh, we talked last week about the, the Brad Aldrich scandal. And, I, I, in fact, we even talked about how Quenville and the Winnipeg this Jets was GM. was named, yes. Yes, whose name I can't pronounce. But, anyway, they were. Day. The, yeah. He's off the hook. The, the, the Jets GM and uh, Coach Q is out in Florida. So, okay, I, I, whatever happened there, uh, it's hard to start apportioning who knew what, who didn't well, know Bergevin, what. Well, GM of the Habs, is direct, was director of player personnel. How does that not happen? So, I guess, you know, they needed a, a, I'm not going to say a sacrificial lamb, but somebody had to go. So, Coach Q's had a nice career. He can apply for reinstatement at some point down the line, and he's out. I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm okay with, you know, a lot of people are upset about the fine levied against the Blackhawks. It's a joke. I mean, I don't know. What do you... 
how do you come up with a proper number to say? Well, the, uh, no, the, what where people are upset is is that a few years ago the New Jersey Devils were fined over three million dollars, lost all kinds of picks and all that stuff with the signing of um, Kovalchuk. Okay, this is sexual assault, and they only got two million. So that's where the that's where people are. I know, but I don't want off. to look. I don't want to. How do you put a number on it anyway? Hold on. This is this is a very troubling minefield we're walking into. But and you got to be objective for a minute. Let's just step back from the nature of what happened. The New Jersey Devils incident was, and I'm not trying to say one is worse than the other. Just you got to put them. But you're going to anyway, right? You're going to do it no, anyway. No. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not. No, go ahead. Go. No. In, yeah. in, in, in the real non-sports world, what the Blackhawks, what the coach Aldrich did is a million times worse than any cheating on the part of the Devils. But in terms of the context of the NHL and cheating on ice with player signing and so on, it's, it's apples and oranges. You can't say, well, this is worse than sexual assault, so why was the penalty for the Blackhawks not as steep? The penalty for cheating the game and violating the sanctity of the game, quote-unquote, is much different than something that happened off ice that didn't affect what happens on the field. It's almost like who was the NHL to even levy a fine for the criminal behavior of an employee of one of their clubs in the same manner as a team that aggressively cheated uh, on the ice. That's where people have to step back and be just a little bit more objective and say, okay, this is not a societal, what's is worse in society sort of thing. You what? I'm very surprised at you. But I'm very pragmatic about things, Paul. That's just who I am. No, I know, and I think it's great and everything else. You know, I'm just, to me... This should this should be a much bigger deal. This should be. I mean, I, it, no, I, it's I, a huge deal. But I'm not. I'm just talking about the penalties levied, not the societal response. You see, we love a good narrative, and we like to feed that narrative. Facts be damned. So yes, in terms of societal outrage, nobody gives a shit about the devil's cheating. We give a shit about the victim of Brad Aldrich's despicable behavior. Yes. That's the real world. We're talking about what's happening in an organization that cares about sports and protecting the rules of the sport. The justice system protects the rules of society. Brad Aldrich will be penalized. Uh, penalized. He'll be incarcerated. He'll get what's coming to him. But in terms of a hockey team that employed someone that committed a crime – because we think it's so much more outrageous, which it is, than cheating when in signing players, that's not how you mete out punishment. It's sort of like the argument of, well, you know, teachers do far more for society than, you know, sports than athletes, so they should be paid more. That's not how life works. That's not how anything works. Everything has a context to it. And I'm not even getting to what the Hall of Fame did today with the Stanley Cup from 2010. That's something else that has me extremely irritated. I can't wait to hear this. So I admit it looks bad for the NHL, but what exactly do you, where exactly does the NHL draw the line on punishing clubs for the criminal behavior of one of its employees? And, and you can say, well, the club allowed it to happen. That's kind of a stretch. How about, 
making sure or sending a huge watch yourself. This is now this can't happen again. Unfortunately, oh. you know, I'm, I I don't know. A question for you. You remember when I, Bob Probert? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I think what I was going to say. I get where you're coming from, but and I also have to say I'm just not surprised at Batman the league. You know how this is eventually. This is all. Let's make this go away stuff. Unfortunately, and then you know, I mean, it's it's a lot bigger than for me and, and everything else to get into, and because at the end of the day, it's about Kyle Beach, him, his family his experience and everything else. We can sit here and scream back and forth about this. The damage has been done. So the horrifying thing to me is, is unfortunately this has gone on. I mean, we could pull up scores and scores and scores of hazing and abuse and sports and sexual abuse and all kinds of stuff. We touched on the last week, U.S. gymnastics, everything else. I think more than anything, it's just this shit's got to stop. So maybe my only commentary on the $2 million, it, Sometimes money makes an impact on people or makes people go, hey, whoa, they're fucking serious. I think more than anything, maybe even me, I'll speak for myself, $2 million to me, and I get what you're saying, but it's not really serious. But, okay, so my response to that is in terms of deterrence and justice, and we'll go back to what the devils did, it's Bettman and the NHL's responsibility to ensure that teams don't cheat again just like it's the nfl's responsibility to make sure the patriots don't keep cheating in That's one way or the other hold on fucking referees don't call shit in the playoffs okay so <laughs> whatever but but in terms of the justice that kyle beach deserves and and the kind of justice that brad aldridge deserves and i mean the ju- the penalty and uh, not he needs justice you know what i mean the justice that's yeah, coming mm-hmm. to kyle to brad aldridge that's you know the federal government, the state of Illinois, uh, their job is to make sure that people don't commit crimes of sexual abuse and sexual assault. It is not the responsibility of the NHL to make sure that its members uh, don't go out and commit crimes separate and apart from their clubs. It would be their responsibility if the Blackhawks were fostering this and encouraging it and were grooming players for this coach, if that were the case, let's just say in some horrible universe, but if you're they were hold on a second, they were grooming their players to be victims for Aldrich. I would say then you got to say, sorry, you're no longer part of the NHL. This, that, this, this discussion might take an entire honcho show. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't, I did not mean for us to go this. No, far. no, and, and buddy, this, I am not like knocking this. I'm just saying, like it's 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 a it's a good enough conversation that it's it's so it's got so many roads. And side roads and everything else for us to try and, you know, get in and around it here and everything else. And I think it's good stuff. And I don't know, fucking round tables. I'm all for it down the road or something like that. But I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, the reason I like doing this is this kind of voice, this reasoned, pragmatic, let's look at both sides kind of voice is so unwelcomed <laughs> out there. If you're not on board with the with the popular opinion with the, the, the prevailing narrative, you're ostracized. Like, if I were to say this, you know, let's say I had the kind of social media following that had, you know, thousands and thousands of people following me, and I were to say any of these things, I'd be vilified. And what, what am I you, saying? What have you said yet? Just about the money? Just about my feelings about, you know, who should be punished and how they should be punished. And everything I said about the NHL's responsibility and their 
what they where their well, justice. At least for the next three years, it's lies. still okay to have an opinion in this country. Yeah. So, look, I don't want to go down this road any further except to say I disagree with taking Aldrich's name off the Stanley Cup. Oh, why? You didn't tell me that. Buddy. I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't. Look, you can't. Dude. You, you, you have to separate the two. I'm sorry. He's a horrible fucking human being. You can't have him on that fucking trophy. Is that the standard we're going to use? Fuck yeah, he's a horrible fucking human being. He not only ruined one life, he ruined a couple. He's fuck, he's a monster. It, but it didn't allow the Blackhawks to win the Stanley Cup, did it? What? You got cut off there. Did what? he cheat? Did he cheat the game? Did he cheat the game? He may be a monster. There's no arguing that. If if O.J. Simpson, ah, we can't Mm -hmm. even go there. Fucking, he's. he's I'm sorry. I don't. You don't. You can't say these accomplishments didn't happen. I'm gonna disagree with that, man. He's he's a monster. He needs to come off. You can't have a monster. Now, unfortunately, there's probably a lot more monsters on that fucking trophy that we don't fucking know about. Uh, all different kinds of fucking failings. As and you what are you, are you going to just, are you going to take away everybody's accomplishments for everything they did Fuck wrong? Fuck yeah, I mean, if he's found out he's a fucking sexual predator and he ruined fucking people's fucking lives, damn fucking straight. If Wayne Gretzky was a fucking animal, if he went out and There's no him, chance. If Wayne Gretzky, There's no I'll chance tell you they right would take now, Wayne Gretzky if he went the into top. a house tomorrow There's with an no AR-15 fucking and chance. he took out 20 fucking people, no. they, would, they would strip nope. him of everything. Nope, they Absolutely. sure wouldn't. Nope. They wouldn't take his records away. They wouldn't take his How accomplishments many away. Sports. It's Brad Aldrich, a coach, an assistant coach on the Blackhawks. Any? Oh, see, this is going to have to be another because no, because this is something serious though. We'd have to I find am out. We'd have to find out other, let's say, championship players in any sport that have won thing and then gone out and done something heinous. If they're still, if their memory is still anywhere, part of that team or that league. Just like I disagree with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking John Gruden out of their ring of honor. Sorry. <laughs> Can't. Now, oh, man. This is a good conversation. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that because there's a, there's, the, the whole league is full of those kind of people. They just haven't been caught. Um yeah, I'll give you a pass on Gruden on that one, but not, not, not on uh, Aldrich. No, he's he's a monster. This is that's different because, like, that's just like even like if I was on that team and I knew that that guy was doing that thing, I want nothing to do with him anymore. I want him fucking erased. He's a fucking disgusting human being. He's horrible. he is. I'm not going to argue yeah, that. Get him off the fucking Stanley Cup. Same thing when what happened with Jerry Sandusky. Uh, that whole scandal, yeah, speaking exactly. of horrible the, human the, the beings, and they took women. Taken down too. They, Get they rid of took, They took wins away from Penn State. They what? should. But why? He's a horrible human being. You're talking but about human beings. It has nothing to do with wins and losses. They shouldn't. He, you know why team, it has to do with wins and losses? His team because won that. those monsters shouldn't have been allowed to coach and do the things that they were doing while winning so, those games. Okay, so what do you say to those kids who went out and won those games? Hey, those wins didn't count because this guy is a predator, so your hard work means nothing? Whose fault is that? It's not the kids' it's fault. It's the leadership's, right? It's not the players' fault. It's the fault. school's fault, right? It's 
not and the players. They saw shit, right? They all fucking saw shit. I I, I understand. Not Look, the it's, players' it's a, fault. Yeah, but they you know what? earned I'll those victories what. fair and square. All right, so I'll 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 um I'll give you that as far as the kids and the wins and stuff like that. But as far as like that guy and the history and the, and the names, get them fuck out of there. I I'm I have no problem you don't have with to take the Stanley Cup champions away from the players who played on that that team. I get it as far as the Hawks, but that individual, as far as him, erase him. Erase I will him. say this. I would be even more outraged if they said, sorry, we're invalidating your championship. You can't do that. No, I agree with you there. But the okay. individual, gone. Get the pencil eraser and erase him. Get the mallet and take him off the goddamn cup. <laughs> we are disagreeing. It's Okay. No, we are. I disagree I, just, with it's, you. It's, it's all right, it's, buddy. No, I'm not. I'm just. It's. It's such a. It's not an easy issue. I think it's easy with regards to that simple thing about him being on the Stanley Cup. Get him off the cup. I can't agree. Fine. I just. I'm not. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying what he did was okay. He's misunderstood. Leave him alone. I he's a. He's a scumbag. May he burn in hell forever for what he did. Yes. I agree. I'm not arguing that point. And he shouldn't be allowed to lean back in his prison cell and go, hey, at least my name's still on the Stanley Cup. Fuck him. Get him out. There you go. We disagree. All right. Well, good night, everybody. I I ruined that kid, but look at that Stanley Cup. My name's on there. Yeah. Fuck Kyle Beach. Got my name on the Stanley Cup. See? Look at it that way. What if I? This is what I said on another show of mine. Close your eyes and and then think of Kyle Beach as your own kid. I think you'd look at things a different way. You'd want this fucking guy erased. He's a fucking monster. Fuck the sports thing. Fuck the accolades. I love you, buddy, but I'm going to disagree with you on this one. All, all right. right. Hope you've all enjoyed the hockey uh, here tonight on the hot shows. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in hoops, baby? I, I, I'm all, I, I don't, I, I'm out of, I'm out of energy. <laughs> no, yeah, I who, who cares? Who cares what's going on in the rest of the sports world? Look, we can, we can uh, get the rest of it and just keep talking about now, this look, if you want. Look, the, the Ingleside Lakers are five and three, third in the West. <laughs> Everybody's healthy. Ben Simmons, who last week we were praising for getting help for his, for his mental illness, is now not talking to the Philadelphia Sixers about his treatment. He's refusing to get medical, mental health treatment from team doctors, electing instead to go outside of the team. And he's talking to teammates, but he's not quite ready to rejoin the team full time. You know, when stories like this come out, you start to think, is he just playing fast and loose with the mental health side of it? I was, all, I was completely on the Ben Simmons train in that respect and happy the Sixers were paying him and supporting him. But now he's like, nah. I'm not going to talk about my mental health with my own team. I'll just go outside and not give them any information about it. It seems a little sketchy. So there's your Ben Simmons update. Um, Congrats to the Braves. Yes. Four two winners. Jorge Soler is the MVP. Yes. You know, uh, maybe one of these days we can start a World Series game before 8 o'clock and maybe get it finished. Here's what I'd like. A game that starts on Tuesday and doesn't finish on Wednesday. In my dreams. <laughs> one day. One day when I'm king. Um, but hey, you know what? Congrats to the Atlanta Braves. What a, what a you know, in-your-face sort of, 
ironic karmic moment for the team that plays in the stadium in the city that wasn't allowed to host the all-star game, at least for baseball's sake, at least for baseball's sake, they didn't have the black eye of having Atlanta win it in Atlanta with choruses upon choruses of the tomahawk chop. That would just make Rob Manfred well, you, they were want to death. run they and hide. They were in the stadium last night watching the game, I think, or today they were doing it. They the no, they were, there. but but the, the celebration on the field, if it happened in Atlanta, would have been too much for baseball to bear. I couldn't be happier that the Astros now have not won a single World Series except for the one they cheated to win. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Dusty Baker, the great Dusty Baker. Who manages to get teams up to the highest mountaintop and just he can see the pinnacle. You can't quite get there. And I hope he comes back. I'm sure this will be the excuse. That, man. This will be the, ex- years old. the excuse that Houston needs to not give him a new contract. But hey, to me, I realize look, he's gotten close, he's never won the big one, but a lot of managers haven't even gotten that close. Now, does he make some questionable decisions in the postseason? Maybe. But again, he's made it. A lot of managers haven't. So, like the new manager of the well, no, I shouldn't say that. Not yet. Um, a lot of managers, a lot of people haven't. So, well, I mean, I don't care who you got on the bench and who's the coaching manager. And when you get a a, a game that's pitched like Max Fried last night, yep. I mean, that was just. I mean, that first inning. I mean, now he was just incredible. I mean. That's that's the beauty, and that's where that's why I tune in for baseball for that kind of a performance. That was amazing. It sure and then, was. And, and then his lineup, and you know, you talk about baseball and and all these guys and the money they make, and you know, you can get you know, you can get mad at Dusty Baker all you want. They got the goose egg. Those guys did nothing. You know, but how could they with the performance that Max Fried put in? It was amazing. Look, Max Fried up until that point in his last what. 13 playoff innings that give it up 15 runs. It's more than a run in inning. And people thought, you know, this guy's a stopgap. Let's look forward to Ian Anderson in game seven. But you know what? It's nice to see not only a guy, not only a one pitcher go six innings and not have the parade of relievers in and out of the bullpen causing games to go nine, 10 hours. But, you know, he only threw 69 pitches. And then you get to the question of what's he taking him out for? You know, you haven't won anything. You have game seven. Why not? You got a pitcher on a roll. See, it's a third series in a row with questionable pitching decisions. You had Zach Greinke in 2019. You had the whole, uh, um, now his name escapes me, the, the pitcher from Tampa who's not, oh, Snell, the whole Blake Snell fiasco. Mm-hmm. And now you got this, you got Freed who's throwing, you know, gas, high heat, giving up two hits, I think over six innings. 69 pitches. It's not a lot of pitches. Not today. Why take him out? Why not let him keep going? You've got a lead. He's throwing heat. He's not even got 100 pitches yet. He's your best pitcher. Save your bullpen in case, for whatever reason, Houston comes back and you got to go to a game seven. You're not going to use Freed in the next game because he's he'll be spent, so you might as well use him and keep using him. I don't we are seeing even with two guys that have been in baseball for a hundred years combined, it seems like it's still too dependent upon the math as opposed to, as opposed to the eye test. This guy's throwing heat, six innings, 69 pitches. He's got a lot left in the tank. You've both managers spent the first five games putting their entire bullpens on display in almost every game. 
I don't understand it. I mean, I, I know it's it, – who cares? They won. But I just – I don't understand – you know, it, 10 years ago this wouldn't have happened. I know we're never going to see another 10-inning Jack Morris one nothing shutout performance no. like we saw 30 years ago, but it's now gone completely in the other direction. It's almost like you feel like you're committing malpractice if you leave a starter in for more than four innings and don't run through four or five relievers. Anyway, congrats to the Braves. Congrats to Freddie Freeman, one of the yeah, nicest Freddie, yep. people Snicker in baseball. too, man. He's been with the organization a long time, man. Yep. I mean, and it was, you know, the, the, the Hank Aaron connection, too, was fantastic. The late Hank Aaron, who we just lost. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Dusty Baker was on deck uh, when Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run. It was Hank Aaron that got, you know, that was like a mentor of Dusty Baker as a rookie. Uh, Snitker that tells the story of the only reason he's a coach is because I believe Aaron was director of scouting or player for some management position with the Braves. And he said to Snitker, you're never going to make it as a player, but we could use a minor league hitting instructor or one of those coaches. Yeah, and so yeah. he got, got into coaching, became manager of the Durham Bulls. I just heard on the radio yesterday or today that um, in the movie Bull Durham, that the uh, Susan Sarandon in her has on her mirror uh, in one of the scenes in her apartment with uh, Kevin Costner, it's a picture of Brian Snitker. That's awesome. Okay, so the 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 Braves and Aaron connection, which with both managers, it's extraordinary. Not to mention, you know, the team that Aaron played for won the World Series. Hey, so look, it's I'll, nice. Uh, it's yeah, a nice I'll story. Take all the good stuff out of it. Um, like yep. I said, it's a it's a trip that, like I said, the uh, World Series ends up back in Atlanta. Hey, good for Atlanta's a good city. Uh, good for the people. Um, and especially for the team Snicker and the whole organization, and they those guys deserve it. They played their asses off um, uh, the playoffs. They beat some great teams. They got in there. It's all good. And congratulations to them. And as a Yankees fan, uh, thank you for knocking the Astros out. And the last time the Braves won the World Series, uh, the Yankees went on a tear and won a ton yeah. of World Series. So uh, I'm getting way. ready for the parades. Yeah, what, uh, four and five or six years, something like 96 and 98 through 2000. Yeah, so, so you, had a, you, had a, count, you had a good run there. Yeah, so we're excited here in the Bronx. And and if you're a Braves fan, not only are you playing in a, a division that's going to be weak again, except for the Phillies is your only real challenger, um, but that's a young team. And they did it, by the way. They did it with a replacement outfield. So a, I mean, that's a hell of a job by the front office. Too. Yeah, there's no reason to believe the Braves will be back in the thick of things next year. And imagine if Especially they, in you that know, shitty freaking NL East division. That's what I'm saying. So you're a Braves fan. You're like, hey, this could be another run like we had before with the 14 division titles in a row. And again, they have the pitching and the hitting. They've obviously proved they can do it. They've won one. Well, Why not win another? I just hope. The Yankees and Braves play off baseball. Ladies and gentlemen. I just hope that. Because the announcers saying last night that this could be the last time we see Freeman in a Braves uniform. It was great that he had a home run, by the way. That was a nice, nice touch the in the game. You know, <laughs> no reason why. If you're Freeman, why not finish your career? If Rizzo there? doesn't think, resign. Get Freeman. Get him in there. You think they'd find a way? You guys are going to sign uh, Carlos Correa, so you know. Doors open. Everybody's welcome in New York. Everyone. But you know what? Instead of piling up more bats, how about an arm or two? Eh, from the uh, the uh, the arm barn. 
I know. Wait, <laughs> we score right. We score 15 runs a game. Who cares if our starting pitching gives up 12? Look, I'm sure old Booney's making lots of notes. They know what to do, Cashman. Don't worry about it. It's all yeah. in the works. Okay. City of Canyons, they're sweeping the streets, getting it ready. New even Bayer, New, it's all good even here. Though, New, York. Uh, New York is trying to cut the legs out from under Boone by firing all of his coaches. That's all right. Sometimes you got to send the message. All right. Ooh. And a couple more baseball notes. Uh, Bob Melvin is the new coach of the Padres. Uh, and He's Buster Posey. Buster Posey's retiring. Oh, no way. Yeah. Question. Buster Posey, Hall of Famer? Sure. First ballot? Just for his First name ballot? alone. For his name alone, yes. All right. Come so. on, think of all the great baseball names. He's got to be yeah. in there. Buster Posey is a great name. Fantastic. Um, only, believe it or not, only 34. Doesn't it feel like Buster Posey's been playing for years? Like, I thought he was closer to 40. Only 34. Hey, look, Just look 12 the, years. Foo Fighters are all in their uh, 50s, and, you know, this guy's going in the 30s. I mean, you know. But when, you're, when you play catcher, you know, you might as well be right. 40 years old. After 12 seasons, it you just it just takes good. takes that kind of toll on you. Yeah. I'm surprised, you know, he doesn't. I would I would have been less surprised if he was leaving San Francisco to go to the American League, where he can play some more years as a DH. But you know, I guess he's had it, and there's no. I guess he's just done. He's what he's three time World Series champion, Rookie of the Year, MVP. He's done it all. Go lay on a beach. Yeah, enjoy. enjoy. Get You're a 34. Yacht. Get a yacht. Yeah. We'll I see at the yacht. we'll see in Cooperstown. Absolutely. Bravo. Good stuff. All right. It's time to head over to the gridiron. And as always now in the hot shows, we bring in our experts to kick things off. Here we go. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins. Fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered. This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. All right on, amigo. Damn straight. Damn straight. (laughs) Fucking A. Fucking A, right. (laughs) I I love it every time. Woo-hoo-hoo. Fucking A, right is is right. Um, Week nine on top, baby. All right. November. The frost is in the air. I like it. I like this time of the year. You know, you you watch football game in a sweater now. Strap yourselves in. We got to do a quick whip around so we can get out of here before the sun comes up. All right. Week eight is in the books. This was the backup quarterback and catastrophic injury to an important player week in the NFL. All right. The Packers beat the Cardinals in Arizona 24 to 21. Arizona finally loses a game this season on a terrible interception caused by miscommunication between Kyler Murray and A.J. Green. Can anyone remember week one when the pack was beaten soundly by the Saints and we thought they were left for dead at the side of the road? Neither do they. The pack is now 7-1, tied for the best record in the NFL with the Rams and the Cardinals. The Niners beat the Bears 33-22 in Chicago. Head coach Matt Nagy was out of the game due to COVID. There's that, there's that word again. <laughs> so special teams coordinator Chris Tabor took over play-calling duties. Justin Fields had his best day as a pro. Coincidence? I'll let you decide. The Steelers, 15-10 over the Browns in Cleveland. Good day for Big Ben as the good days are now few and far between for Roethlisberger. Cleveland appears to be in free fall after looking like a genuine contender. In the AFC earlier this season, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt are all dealing with varying degrees of injuries. And yes, more Odell Beckham Jr. drama as the team is now asking that he stay away for a few days as they get ready, I guess, to release him or find a new home for him 
sometime in the offseason. It is becoming hard to buy stock in the Browns without feeling like a total sucker. The best part of the game, I don't know if you saw this in the highlights, was the Halloween costume worn by Browns defensive end Miles Garrett. He was wearing a Grim Reaper costume with a cape that had the names of all the quarterbacks he has sacked over the course of his career. It was fantastic. The only name that wasn't on there was mine and yours. All right, the Jets, the woeful Jets. Ring, break up the Jets, everybody. The Jets beat the Bengals 34-31 in New York. A week after destroying the Ravens and establishing themselves as a team to beat in the AFC, the Bengals are beaten by the most woeful franchise in the NFL, outside of Washington, D.C., that is, and beaten by a backup quarterback named Mike White that no one outside of his family knew. And once again, we are reminded that when it comes to the NFL, in the words of the great the late, great William Goldman, no one knows anything. Just when we thought we had it all figured out with Cincinnati, they go and lay a turd against a backup quarterback who torched him for over 400 yards passing. Uh, the Patriots, 27-24 over the Chargers in Los Angeles. Huge win for the Pats in beating a division leader on the road. Mac Jones won this round over last year's rookie sensation, Justin Herbert. The Pats are 4-4, four and four, but easily could be 6-2. and two. Jones is doing just enough to win, and maybe, just maybe, Paul, Coach Belichick knows what he's doing. Just maybe. maybe. I think I've heard that somewhere before. Mm-hmm. The Titans, 34-31 overtime over the Colts in Indy. The story is not Tennessee extending their division lead in the AFC South over a division rival or Tennessee winning in overtime on one of the worst interceptions you will ever see, courtesy of Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. The story is Titans running back Derrick Henry breaking his foot and being lost for the season. Now the onus falls squarely on the shoulders of Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. That offense runs through and is built around Henry, the best running back in the NFL, and a real throwback to the running backs of yesterday. So now we will see, is Tannehill the guy who cannot beat out Jay Cutler in Miami, or the guy we have seen the last few seasons in Tennessee? I like the Titans coach there real quick. Uh, Mike he, is, he is he is a great coach, another like him. former Patriot. Very And he's full of energy. He's great to watch. And speaking of the Titans, before we leave them, to replace Henry, speaking of running backs from the past, the Titans have signed the ageless wonder, 100-year-old Adrian Peterson. Nice. Will now be running back one with Tennessee. Good luck to them. Is he related good thing to they... Coach Patterson? What? <laughs> it's a good thing they play in the same division as bottom feeders Jacksonville and Houston. The Saints, speaking of Tom Brady and the Patriots, beat the Bucks. 36-27, New Orleans. Tom Brady's kryptonite seems to be New Orleans, at least Absolutely. in the regular season. It uh, must be a tremendous blow to Tampa, losing not just New Orleans, but a Saints team led by career journeyman, quarterback Trevor Simeon, late of Denver, late of Northwestern. Simeon was forced into duty after Jameis Winston left the game with an ACL and MCL injury. Winston is done for the year, and so now it's the Alvin Kamara show and a steady diet of that New Orleans defense the rest of the way. The Cowboys beat the Vikings in Minnesota. My Vikings with my the love of my life. With Kirk Cousins throws a stinker of a game, another poor performance in prime time. And the Cowboys beat a good team, allegedly, on the road without Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys were led by Cooper Rush. Who? Exactly. Cooper Rush. Rush, another great sports name. What is scary now about the Cowboys is how they can lose Dak Prescott, who is having an MVP caliber season, and still be a quality team without missing too many beats behind an unknown like Cooper Rush. Last year when the Cowboys trotted out the likes of Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and Gail Gilbert after losing Prescott to a season-ending injury, they were a dumpster fire. 
The key to the turnaround from last year, what is becoming more and more apparent is not a player, but a coach. The Pokes upgraded their defensive coordinator from Mike Nolan to Dan Quinn in the offseason, got a few players back from injury, and now they are world beaters. What a difference a coach makes. Dan Quinn, big-time loser in Atlanta, lost a Super Bowl because his offensive coordinator doesn't know how to play with a, with a lead, and now he's coming back. Better as a coordinator than a head coach, the savior of yet another team. After doing wonders with the defense in Seattle, now he's doing the same thing in Dallas. And finally, the Chiefs beat the Giants. Almost a, almost a, a New York sweep. Almost. But not quite. Almost had both New York teams win for the first time on the same weekend in a long time. In Kansas City, the Chiefs beat the Giants 2017. Both these teams are in trouble, Paul. The Chiefs, with their once-mighty offense, struggled to beat a woeful Giants team, missing a lot of their offensive weapons, including Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay. They were bailed out by a terrible penalty against the Giants at the end of the game against Leonard Williams that wiped out a potential game-ending interception by Patrick Mahomes, who seems to be throwing a lot of these lately. And the Giants cannot be trusted to move down the field when they need a score. The Chiefs gave them every opportunity in that game Monday to win, but Coach Joe Judge and Offensive Coordinator Jason Garrett keep finding ways to not take advantage of those opportunities. That old cliche, they know how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. So next week, next week's games, Browns at Bengals, the Battle of Ohio, the chance for some measure of redemption for one of these teams. One of these teams is going to prove that they're not a fraud. Uh, the Texans of the Dolphins would have been interesting, if the Dolphins had traded for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Packers at Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers has COVID after cleverly getting around the vaccination question by saying he was immunized. What a bag. Anyway, he's he's he has COVID. He's out of tomorrow's game. Can't play until at least the 13th of November. So this game has lost some of its luster. This could have been the Super Bowl re- mat, uh, the Super Bowl matchup last year had the Packers beaten the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. We will now finally see, Paul, if Jordan Love is the future of the pack or if Rodgers had the biggest overreaction ever to the drafting of Love. And finally, the Sunday night game, Titans at Rams, two high-flying offenses, could be the game of the week. The now the new-look Titan offense against the new-look Ram defense after the trade for Von Miller. And speaking of which, quickly, before we get to more bad luck, I shouldn't call it bad luck, more Bad news for the Raiders franchise. Uh, Von Miller, all-world linebacker for the Broncos, traded to uh, the Los Angeles Rams as the Rams just get richer. As they say, we want to win today. We don't care about the future. More draft picks? Who needs them? A second and third round draft pick were traded to the uh, Broncos for Von Miller. So if they don't win now, they're in deep guacamole. Uh, Deshaun Watson not traded. No big surprise there. And Melvin Ingram goes from the Steelers to the Chiefs, who are in desperate need of defensive help. And that brings us, before we get to the end of the NFL whip around, more bad news. In fact, this story might actually might actually take some of the pressure off of John Gruden. I'm sure by now you've heard that Henry Ruggs III, their star wide receiver, uh, oh, yeah. former star wide receiver, as charged with DUI resulting in uh, the death of somebody, a driving fatality. He was arrested Tuesday, released from the Raiders Tuesday night, and now some of those details are creeping out. Um, He was clocked at 156 miles per hour, 
his blood alcohol level twice the legal limit when he hit uh, a parked car. I'm sorry, crashed into the rear of a car in a busy thoroughfare in a residential area, uh, killing the passenger and injuring one other. So, not good times. All that money, I just don't know why you have to drive it all. Exactly. I think we've talked about this before. When we talked about Tiger Woods, if you've got a lot of money and you like drinking, that's fine. You know what? Guy gesund. But hire someone to drive you around. How much could it cost? You know, it's just... And not trying to trivialize anything, but it's just ridiculous that someone who makes that kind of money can't get someone to drive him around. You know if you live I that lifestyle. that much money, Rob, I would have somebody walk for yeah. me. You're 22 years old, and you're a professional football player. Your life is – you live in the life of Riley. Get a driver, and then you can do whatever you like within the confines of the law. But this, I mean, we're not talking about I was going a few – a little fast, and I had a couple of pops. 156 miles per hour in a residential area and twice the blo- the legal limit. So he, that, he's what? A, stop either somewhere on point two. Anyway. So at least, at least the Raiders acted swiftly this time, unlike with the John Gruden thing where they kind of hemmed and hawed for a while until they had to do something. This time they were like, all right, you're done. Get out. And he's one of their best players. So it's not a case of not anymore. double standard. Yeah, not anymore. Not a double standard. Wow, what a heavy, sad, angry show this has been. We should probably end it on something funny like the dope of the week. What do you think? Well, hold on. Before that, I'd like to throw in my two cents here on the National Mediocre League. All right? Oh, please do. Going into week nine, I just want to uh, 14 teams. 14 teams in the National Mediocre League have three wins or less. And guess guess how many teams make the playoffs? Hold on. 14. Seven teams above them have only four wins each. League's a joke. That's all I have to say. Your face is a joke. Hey, like them after. Hey, that's not nice. <laughs> Actually, you're you're a very handsome man. I know I am. <laughs> and with that said, away we go. It's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. How about a little palate cleanser? Shall we? Hurry up. Because, you know, the Gags Gang and I, I'll hurry, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner, and you can. Those of you still listening. Uh, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. As always, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who? We'll be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week. Why none other than Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Way to go, Mike! Hey, two Mikes in a row. Mike Leach last week, Mike Tomlin this week. Good times. And this DOTW is dedicated to my son, Jacob, the Ravens superfan, who is no fan of Coach Tomlin, and not just because his stepfather is the spinning image of Mike Tomlin. Now, let me say at the outset what a tremendous fan I am of Coach Tomlin. The Steelers have had, in my lifetime and Paul's lifetime, exactly three coaches, which in the age of disposable coaches is unbelievable. Tomlin follows two Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning coaches in Chuck Noll and Bill Cowher. Tomlin, the head coach since 2007, has followed those two with a Hall of Fame career of his own thus far. Tomlin is 149-81-1. That's a 647 winning percentage, 8-8 eight eight in the playoffs, which includes two FC championships and a victory in Super Bowl 43 in 2008. 
He has never had a losing record in 14-plus seasons at Pittsburgh, and despite such a sterling resume, even a man like Tomlin is capable of some DOTW hijinks. This past Sunday, Tomlin's Steelers were in Cleveland to take on their blood rivals, the Browns, in their first meeting since last January's epic wildcard game, won by Cleveland 48-37 to in Pittsburgh, that was, the, that was the game that ended with the close-up of Pittsburgh quarterback Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the bench in tears. Many thought that at that time that Big Ben was set to retire. He is still with the team, but he may want to rethink that position after Sunday's game. It was a typical AFC North knockdown, dragout brawl last Sunday. After almost a half of football, the two teams combined for six points. Riveting. Two field goals, <clears throat> one by each team. That was it. Even Coach Tomlin must have been so bored because he did his best to give the crowd something to take their minds off the snooze fest unfolding in front of them. With the score tied at 3-3 and 1.45 left in the first half, Tomlin decided to shake things up with a field goal. Bold. I'm sorry, a fake field goal. Bold. Ballsy. And totally on brand for old blood and guts Tomlin. (laughs) The fake was this close to working. However, it came up just a bit short of a first down. And when I say short, I mean miles away from any semblance of success. Kicker Chris Boswell, doing his best impression of Garo Yepremian, Google it, pals, chucked the ball out of the end zone and was rewarded for his efforts by getting flattened by Brown's defensive end Jordan Elliott. To add insult to injury, pun intended, Boswell was concussed and was gone for the rest of the game. Since Gus the Wonder Mule is now dead, Tomlin opted for the old no-field-goals-no-extra-points approach to football, and luckily for Tomlin, the Steelers won 15-10 despite having no kickers. Sort of like the Wolfskins. Normally, a move like this made close to the end of a tense winner-take-all contest with the game on the line, your season on the line, that's when you make a move like this, especially if the field goal attempt is a long one like 50-plus yards, let's say. That was not the scenario last Sunday afternoon. This game was between two teams fighting for the outside chance at a wild-card spot in the same division as Baltimore and Cincinnati. The two teams expected to finish 1-2 and two in that division. There was nothing on the line except which team can claim to be less mediocre. Furthermore, the fake was attempted in the first half of a tie game. Unless the rules were changed in the middle of the game, a move usually reserved for Major League Baseball, and football games are now 30 minutes and two quarters, where exactly was the urgency and the desperation? Why put your kicker and reputation in jeopardy in the first half of a virtually meaningless game? Finally, I know that Tomlin has a notorious reputation for not trusting kickers, but this kick was not exactly the kind of kick that only Justin Tucker or Gus the Wonder Mule could make. It was 28 yards. 28! That's less than an extra point. If you don't trust your kicker enough to kick a 28-yarder, then you should cut him or trade him to the Wolfskins before he reaches the team locker room after the game. Fix that bell. That's terrible. This bell is killing me. Come on, you're killing me here. And why... Why so much mistrust from Tomlin in the first place? Boswell has made 60 of his 64 field goal attempts since 2019. That's a sterling 94%. Instead of focusing on the 60, he focuses on the four. I guess Tomlin's a real glass-half-empty kind of guy. And one more thing. So bad was this decision that the sports gods, because karma is undefeated, punished Tomlin one more time before the half ended. When Boswell was crushed like grape by Elliott... Boswell was considered a passer under NFL rules. The hit by Elliott was so egregious 
that it, she should have been flagged for 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. That would have bailed Tomlin out of his extremely questionable decision. Instead, referee Sean Hockley decided that the best lessons are sometimes the most painful. So, Mike Tomlin, for proving that even the best coaches go to the zoo once in a while, for having serious trust issues when it comes to your kickers, and for presiding over a disaster so epic that Erwin Allen would be jealous, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Mike Tomlin. Your certificate is in the mail. I tell you, man. You know, you, you know I mean, it's just, yeah, that, you got to get you a new bell, man. I mean, come on. Get that, get that shit squared away, brother. Come on, man. Unbelievable. Great stuff as always, Mr. Cuny. I always love the DOTW, baby. And another great honchos. Sports keeps giving us giving me ammunition for it, so as long as you know sports are played, there'll always be a DOTW. Yeah, baby, I love it, man. And the National Mediocrity League continues to be mediocre, especially with stories like that. I mean, uh, you just can't make this shit up. Prove me wrong! You know, you got to set up that table with the, the sign in front. Yeah. National Football League is a mediocre sports league. Prove me wrong. You're done, pal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much, as always, for listening to the Sports Honchos. Follow us everywhere at Sports Honchos. Hang out with Mr. Me. Me? Me? No, Mr. Me. Mr. Me. Mr. Cooney on the Twitter. We're out there. Say hi. Say hello. Say go to hell, whatever it is. And with that said, Mr. Mr. Cooney, please say goodnight to the good people of the world. Hey, everybody. As always, thanks for listening. Follow subscribing, all the things that you do. Stalk us. We don't care. We just like the attention. It's November. The weekend's coming up. It's getting chilly. Give, her, give each other a hug. Be nice to each other. Remember, if you see Willie Mays or his family, give him a hug. Give him a pat on the back. Kiss on the cheek. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, peace. Hot shows out!